Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by UberLube, the best silicone-based lubricant. It is my favorite. Why is it your favorite, Mother? It goes on really smooth and it stays on long, and that's important. This is the key. I've actually, I've masturbated with this thing. Oh, I like the way you get well, really I didn't shy expect, about that. I didn't expect to actually admit that during this this advertisement, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it lasts a long time. Do you have to worry about lasting long? Oh, thank you, Mother. <laughs> well, this is, this is a scent-free... Color-free, awesome silicone lubricant. Go to uberlube.com, enter promo code MOM, you'll get free shipping. uberlube.com, U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com. I think I've heard my mom talk about her sex life to me like three times. As far as I know, they've had sex four times and it resulted in four children. My parents are openly talking about it all the time. It's disgusting. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Poder. And I'm Karen Lee Poder. My mother is a sex expert, cougar, and the world's oldest living millennial. Oh, yeah. And my son is a stand-up comic, mime, and clown. Together we chat about sex. We're trying to normalize the discussion. We're trying to open up those barriers. Make it more positive, less shaming. We're having those uncomfortable discussions so that you can have them too. That's right. And today, you're in for a very big treat. We have Dr. Chris Donahue on the show. And this is not like just a boring doctor. No, 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 no. He's a sexologist. This guy has his PhD. He's a licensed sex therapist. He hosts the Loveline radio show. And he has a podcast called The Amber Rose Show with Dr. Chris. He is the author of Rebel Love. This guy is the man to go to to learn about sex. He really is so open and positive and not in the least bit shaming of anything no and he and he's thought all this through because he says he has decades of experience coaching people with their sex problems and he's really hot by the way i might <laughs> he's mention, a very good looking man he, tattooed he's, it he's tatted up ripped yep and i think he gave you some good uh, therapy sessions this was like <laughs> a free therapy session for me to be honest we get down to all the walls i put up <laughs> and basically conclude the, that, that you need more sex therapy. That I need more sex therapy. <laughs> that they're, that I, these are all excuses for why I don't want to be close to someone. But I think the main thing I got from him is that everything is normal. There, nothing is abnormal. And that that's a great takeaway. I think that if you can look at sex as being something that's continually evolving, that you're never like stuck and you're never... And, and if you are open and communicative, your sex life is going to be so much better. Here is a rapid fire list of the things we talked about. How do you like this, Mom? I love it. Let's okay. See. We talk about penis size, erectile dysfunction. Why is sex important in the first place? Why is it okay if you are an asexual or solo sexual to j- just do you? Why it's a- acceptable to wear pink Victoria's Secret panties. Exactly. Uh, we talk about... We do have a bonus episode on Patreon where we get into more detail about anal. little teaser there. 
that Patreon episode is called Anal as a Benchmark because we we literally talk about anal as a barometer. Your comfort with anal or, or the discussion around it is a barometer for how healthy your relationship is. And it's by a the way, punchy statement. Yeah. But, okay. So it's patreon.com slash sex talk with my mom. Just become a patron. You'll get these bonus episodes, which are really, really, that's we do them after we're done with the podcast episode. So they really get edgy. Yeah. They're awesome. And uh, you can also, you can get that to that through our website, which is sextalkwithmymom.com, which is also where we really need your help. We need to know who our, you are, who you are. We need to know who we're reaching. So please, please, please fill out a survey at sextalkwithmymom.com. It's right at the, on the banner of our website and you will be entered. Not only will you be, not only will you be helping us out by giving us this information that could be given anonymously but if you'd like you can be entered to win over $300 worth of sex toys lube and other intimate accessories from all the finest brands like WeVibe and Uber Lube so please go to sextalkwithmymom.com and enter fill out that survey uh we don't have that many people filling this out so you have a very high chance of winning go to sextalkwithmymom.com we have a hotline for you to call into. It's yes text mom. Just type that <laughs> into your phone. On this episode, you'll hear that we feature some questions, and uh, that is just because people have texted us or left us a voicemail at yes text mom, and then we have, we have awesome guests on the show to answer those questions. So do it, guys. We love this interview with Dr. Chris Donahue. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it as much as as we did. And if you enjoy it, please do us a favor. We do this from the bottom of our hearts. Please just go to sextalkwithmymom.com and fill out that survey. All right. And let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and the sex therapies that Cam is getting now. That actually kind of works. Kind of. Enjoy. Chris Donahue, welcome to the show. It's hey. Dr. Chris. Dr. Chris Donahue. Come on now. Get sorry, ready. sorry. I got Worked so excited about the last name. <laughs> okay, so Dr. Chris Donahue, yes. what you, I said you have the right to exclude anything from this interview afterwards. I can edit it out. And your response was? I wish I had exercised that right many, <laughs> many years ago, but unfortunately <laughs> that ship has sailed. I go there now. So is there anything that you feel like you, do you still like, hold back on some of the stuff you share with the audience? I don't. I think I've done media too long where I'm too comfortable and you just start It's happened to us too. This oh, is, yeah. It's unbelievable. You get too comfortable. You forget. You yeah. forget that like, people are listening. That's so inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> it, but it's also, I think it's also... There's freeing. Like, it's yeah, freeing. it's freeing. There's like, a, uh, like an activistic component to that. Yeah, Right, like totally. normalizing these conversations. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what I was thinking about when I said that was... Um, so I, I do a podcast with Amber Rose and, uh, Can you tell people who Amber Rose is cause not everyone is familiar with the porn she's, world. She's a tough <laughs> one to describe. Oh, you just called her in the porn yeah. world. Yeah. So Amber was a stripper who rose, rose to fame through some of the amazing men she's dated, but more importantly, she's a feminist and an entrepreneur and she does the slut walk every year, which is this powerful event that, uh, raises money for sexual assault uh, survivors and victims and raises awareness and uh, is body positive, sex positive. It's every year in like October. Really great event. It just happened, right? No, just like? happened. Yeah. yeah really, really. Have you powerful. had sex with her? Slash, do you want to? Yeah, I, I would. It, I think that direction was, I, yeah, that I know was directed it wasn't towards Cam. you. Is that, wait, so is this mom, is the mom always trying to like set Shh, you up? Every time. Amber's, a, Amber, Amber's amazing. She's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Yeah. That's why I asked. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm asking you, Chris, not Cam. I know Cam didn't. <laughs> I want Cam to have sex with Amber. So do I. <laughs> you, I'm signing off on this. I'm, I'm signing off too. <laughs> me and mom, me and mom are going to work on a list. Hey, a wish if list. you want to set me up with Amber Rose, I'm <laughs> we have totally the bar fine high though. This. We have the bar really high. Celebrities only at this point. Yeah, yeah. as it should be. Okay, so you, oh, you were right. saying. So a meme was made. And, and notice you didn't answer the question, but we're going to let that go. Okay. So a meme was made and it was like a quote of a conversation we had. And it was this defining moment of like, oh my gosh, this is my legacy. So basically Amber said something like, Dr. Chris, is it weird that I sniff the underwear of people I'm dating? And I was like, no. I was like, I totally do that. Like if I'm dating someone, <laughs> I keep their underwear. I'm sniffing it. I love people's smells. And it was like this long transcript. And I was like, and it came out and I said, that, that's my legacy. Like I went so hard in <laughs> my doctoral programs yeah. for that. Yes. He's a panic. He's Panty sniffer. The, the panty sniffer. Well, because there's pheromones and stuff in the panties, I guess. And sweat. Do you know how much money I could have made if I if I sold mine? Could. Yeah. Still can. I, I, <laughs> I still get requests is what I'm saying. I made a, I, I drew a line there. I'm not sending any of my goddamn underwear anywhere. We're going to work on that because that, that's a moneymaker. Yeah, I will send my, my underwear places. So yes, if, we know, If Cam. any of our listeners want, please <laughs> just mess, message us, yes, text mom. For very little money, you can have my underwear because I actually need new ones. Okay, uh, so Dr. Chris, I Donahue, yes, I, I have a question for you. You have a clinical practice. Mm-hmm. What are the two most common things that people come in with for you to? Oh yes, yeah, help so the, them with. Yeah, I would say number one is, am I normal? Oh, wow. Yeah, there's something really powerful in the am I normal question. And it comes in in different styles and configurations. But Men and women are asking this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Either it's like a relational thing, a sexual thing, a fantasy thing, whatever it is. I just want to be normal. And then the second thing right now is I work with a lot of couples and it falls under we're not having enough sex or I'm yes. married or dating someone who has low sex drive. Okay, because those are both of our listener questions. Oh, okay. really? Wow. Unbelievable. Okay. Can we not get into that? I just okay, want to we'll get, get to that later. I want to, no, the, I, we're going to get to him. I just like, I need people to understand. This is a podcast. We're here with Dr. Chris. He doesn't look like a doctor. He looks sort of like a... <laughs> Badass motherfucker. Yeah, like like he belongs on like a motorcycle. You know, he's got tats up and down his arms. He's, you know, built. Ripped. Ripped. He's Grr. cute. He's young. So yeah. he doesn't look like the traditional sex therapist, like Dr. Ruth. He does not look like Dr. Ruth. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So that's like for the podcast audience out there. And, and you can see some of this on uh, Instagram and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. But the other thing is... Are you personally involved with someone right now? What's 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 your oh, no? Getting personal first. Well, I just don't. I want to know who's giving me you know advice or whatever. <laughs> you know? Um, uh, it's a it's a long. Are you dating a baboon? Are you, it's a long sad story. It can't be worse than I, my sad story. So I, go on. It, it's not. I did hear your backstory, and you you definitely. I it, talked it to you. On on it. Okay. Um, I I left an engagement in January. I appreciate oh, wow. that. I'm newly single. No, I appreciate that because I was just talking to so many people that are getting married right now and I'm thinking 50% of these people are not going to make it. And I'm wondering, and I ask people all the time who are divorced or separated or whatever, I said, did you know at the time that you were getting married that this is the wrong person for you? And 100% said yes. So I am appreciative of the fact that you broke up an engagement before you went to the whole, I you know. I wish that was the exact story. It's actually that I got left. Oh. But even well, so, aren't even you? Even then, a, you're, are you, you're dodgeable. Still. But aren't you appreciative that she yes. she did that to you? She or he. It was, it was actually he. Okay. I, 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 the, so it's the sexual romantic thing. So sexually, I have sex with all gender expressions and bodies. Romantically and dating wise, I tend to date men, trans or, or cisgendered. 
Got it. <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm not shocked. No, I'm not saying you're shocked. I just laugh at that because it's like word salad as I'm explaining. Yeah, you gave me a lot, of, a lot of things. Basically, you date men or, or romantic or with, yes, with men. But sexually fluid outside of that. Right. You could do it all. The amount of experimentation that I mean, was did you have to was there a lot of self-discovery to get to that point of being able to say, yeah, because the, you know, the, my hetero friends when I was dating women, cause I dated many, many women and my hetero world was never like, Hey, try being with a dude, like see what that's like. Mm-hmm. No one supported that. And then when I would date a guy and I was hanging out with the gay world, they're not like, Hey, when's the last time you're with a woman? Do you miss being with a woman? So I had to find this like in between space where I could have sex with both and be supported in that. And that's hard we, to find. We interviewed a guy, a guy recently. Two episodes ago. Two episodes we had a bisexual, ago. a guy who considers himself right. bisexual. He, he lives said with it, a guy. It's the so romantically, thing. he's with a guy. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's left feeling alone a lot yep. because of that. Yep. Because yep. The, single, the straight world is like, when he goes out with women, they're like, wait, you fuck guys? And yep. then when he goes out with guys, they're like, wait, you fuck women? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> what yeah. kind of weirdo are you anyway? Yep. It's yeah. a confusing place. Yeah. <laughs> So did was did you actually have to learn like w- did you know that going into this into your practice and into your studies or did you Yeah, I mean cuz when I I mean that's what was great about the crowd I ran with is when I was in high school I ran with a really diverse artsy, you know, quote unquote queer non-normative crowd and that's kind of what made me feel somewhat okay about it where Where are you from? Uh Philadelphia. And I remember like one of the first experiences that was so powerful is I was dating this girl, Heather, and we were making out and we were at this like house party and we were all drinking. And then a minute later, her like best friend who's a dude came over and I was like, is it cool if I make out with your best friend? She's like, yeah, go for it. And so I was in this like social world where people weren't really that pathologizing of that, but I I had to find it. Yeah. I had to find it in those specific spaces. So do you believe that sexuality is on a continuum? For example, like one side is completely like a hundred percent gay. And the other one is 100% straight. Do you believe that? Would this be the Kinsey scale? Yeah, I guess. Or, or my own scale. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like your, I like it being your own scale. Yeah, kind <laughs> of, put, a, put a label on it. I don't, yeah, I kind of like it as being mine. But do you believe that? I think most of us live somewhere a little bit removed from that, right? Like somewhere in the middle. I, so I, t- I think I talked about this at a training where I met Cam. But I was part of a project and they did one of the largest samplings of millennial sexuality. And the millennials identify 56% more than half do not identify straight. They don't identify as gay, but they don't like the word hetero. It's too confining. So mm-hmm. they're like hetero flexible, a little fluid questioning, or just somehow a little bit moved towards, you know, gayness. And I think that's a pretty honest place. It's so great compared to like when I was growing up, like the men would never ever admit to wanting anything to do with men. As a matter yeah. of fact, I remember one of my friends was telling me how uh, one of the guys she was dating was wanting to wear her panties. And I, and I, in my own like judgmental self, was thinking, oh, I couldn't date a guy who was wearing her panties. That's kind of fucking weird. Now things have been completely turned upside down. Now that's and on your dating profile. Now, like, like if they <laughs> like don't you wear, seek it, you if look they for don't it. wear a, a Victoria's Secret thong, I don't date Yeah, them. you're like, Cam, I went on a date last night. Dude wasn't wearing Victoria's Secret. <laughs> He's I out. Just, uh, it's loud. How boring. Yeah. yeah. No, but it, it's like, things have completely, completely changed. Even in the last, like, since I've been single. I would say, yeah. I have a question about that. So men that you might want to date that uh, dig deep and find out, you know, the kind of work you do now, what kind of response do you get? Well, I'm, I've been in a long-term 10 and a half year relationship with oh, a guy. There it is. And yeah, I, I live with him. So he's been forced into it. Yeah. But he's very, um, okay, how do I put it? I would say he's very strict with his sexuality. I mean, he, he, he will only have sex with one person and one guy and that's Mandy Patinkin. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's open about that. Wow, okay. You were not expecting that one, no. were you? No, but no, no. other than that, he will not have sex with any man. He, you know, he's, and again, who knows if that's society telling him that or he really just really. But that's the question, right? We'll never know what our true sexuality right. can be because no one can be better than or beyond toxic just, masculinity, yeah. sexism, homophobia. Like, we'll never know. And that's why I say to people just hold your sexuality a little lighter because uh, you're probably a little more fluid than you think. Yeah. And I, I used to ask that question to one of my friends who was uh, my age and he was always telling me how, and he still called me up the other day that I got more stories to you. He only, he's a male, but he only likes trans women. Mm-hmm. And I th- always thought to myself, he's gay. He doesn't want to admit it. Right. But I don't know that he is, even though he does admit that, you know, he, he will enjoy sucking a cock. Right. So the whole thing is but very... But on a woman, which is different from yes, like being on a man. Yes, yes, But I get that because I like dating trans men and cisgender men. So for me, it's about the maleness. Whether they have a penis or vagina is equally as erotic to me or equally as irrelevant. You could even say if you flip it because hmm. it's just maleness that I like dating. I don't. I like having sex with women. I don't like dating women. I don't tend to like the traditional uh, sexism that I find in some women. Hmm. Oh, oh wow! I would love yeah. to call this guy right now and have him come on. Oh my oh God. God! Are you for real? I, I mean, I, he might get mad at me though. <laughs> well, you, next time. Next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. We'll bring oh, him on in a different date after I get permission. My from mom him. always loves this. In the middle of an interview, she's like, "We need to get this person on the phone. <laughs> yeah. It could be the person. It could be the person's parent. It yeah. could be yeah. an ex-lover. It's so Ooh. fun. I'm sure. Okay, maybe next time we'll get we'll get <laughs> him right. on here. Okay, so oh, there there was so much I was <laughs> I, I, I was just. I, I was thinking, by the way, how my parents' generation, mm-hmm. I think it's way more rampant that they have like a very strong view on having homosexual kids or queer kids. Um, whereas I think for my generation, like having children, I do not think it's going to be nearly as big of a deal. I want to- queer kids i think heterosexuality <laughs> in its purest form is so boring like <laughs> yeah. it's so boring i always said that you know i wish that he had grown up in an era in a decade where i had even had like you know menage a trois or i mean it, it's hard for me to go there now it really is i just i mean i'm comfortable in what we're doing and that's why i haven't had this like major desire to try anything else but i wish i had yep you missed out yeah, the millennial, that's how the millennials are living, though. It's really yeah. fascinating. The ones I work with and when I travel the country lecturing, I do a lot of traveling and lecturing. It's the millennials where I learn a lot about mm-hmm. what's possible because they're less they're less afraid. They're more comfortable pushing boundaries and they have a lot more community like technology and social media has allowed people to find each other and support oh, each other point. in their radicalness and their you know sexual minority And so totally. I learned so much for them about how things could be. But also you're living in California. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's true throughout the rest of the country especially yeah. in areas that are very like red states for example i, I think you'd still find a lot of prejudice against anyone mm-hmm. who wasn't hetero. Or do you think college campuses are probably where you really find progressives you know like you would think but i bet you i would put money on that it's not always the case. It, it depends it depends yeah and you're some, still getting gay guys being beaten up for and, sure i mean i just had an ex of mine get gay bashed in west hollywood three months ago in west hollywood oh, wow. which is the most <clears throat> that still occurs com- and if yeah. that can happen there then oh, yeah, like yeah. that's possible yeah. anywhere Every, yeah anywhere. right so let me ask you something we yep. had a listener ask, call in asking um she was describing her husband or her boyfriend who she's been with for a while uh, he just got into forced feminization. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners, that basically means that she found that he was buying women's clothes online and was wearing them privately. And then he basically came out to her saying that this was the case and he likes the humiliation associated with this and this feel, feeling like he is 
forcefully feminized. Yeah, which is an interesting spin. Yeah, it totally is. But good. What, what do you? What? What did you? No, continue. Continue. Okay, so she wants to know. She basically is like, um, you know, how do I handle this? How do we move forward? Um, just because she's not attracted to that forced feminization. This is how it. This is his fetish. Mm. How do they handle this? Um, okay, so I have a thousand thoughts. Number Wait, one. Wait, is it okay that Cam said fetish? Yeah. Well, yeah, she was saying yeah. it, it's a fetish. And no, I I'm just wondering. What I, the, I love what? you asking that. I, I just had someone else ask me that yesterday. I, number one, I love that people are so thoughtful about terms. Um, I use. I tend to use just word, use the word kink. Mm. It tends to be a more empowering word. Mm. Some people use the word fetish. That doesn't trigger what about me so preference? much. Uh, I don't like the word preference. It somehow makes it feel so like light or loose. Like mm-hmm. we're talking about a salad or something yeah. or ice cream flavor. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like it sounds very pedestrian. It's your preference to wear but I like Victoria's kink. Secret. I like kink. Okay. Kink is like just invigorating. It Does, doesn't surprise me, me that you like kink. That, I just, yeah. I just, that does not surprise me at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to use kink now too. I so, love that so, Okay. So we got a kink. So oh, sorry. Yes. Kink. So basically I'd say a couple things. Number one, are they monogamous? If so, then, you know, your partner, I'd say this to her, your partner's sex sexuality is limited based on your levels of anxiety. And I would say what he's asking you to engage in is safe. He, you know, he's not asking you to do something illegal or something that's going to be traumatic for you. So if you love him, find a way to possibly engage in it mm. because mm-hmm. um, she, this is part of his sexuality. And I think partnership, if you're going to be monogamous is about being willing to honor some things that make you anxious in service of your partner, having a fulfilling sex well, this, life. Two weeks Get ago, into two weeks ago, we went through the same thing with this other couple. So this couple and, and you guys can listen to this episode uh it was the one uh with mickey and andrew they talk about porn and because andrew was raised uh, in a culture he was watching porn all the time he wants more aggressive sex right and mickey the 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 wife and uh they have a child together now wants more vanilla stuff she wants she wants to be a more sensual experience and so does he need to go towards her and, and try to create that sensual experience for the two of them and, and learn to love that? Or is it a compromise or vice versa? You know? Okay, so this is where my answer and, comes. And by the way, she's hostile. <laughs> oh, yeah, good about, to add in there. She's hostile about it. <laughs> she's a hostile witness. Going to porn. She feels very in, in, insecure because he's looking at other women's bodies. Yeah. And it makes her feel icky and she doesn't feel the need for him to do this. Right. So it's not even that she's willing to compromise. She's angry about the There's fact that he's so much in that. So I come from like my clinical perspective with this. Number one, um, she's being forced to recognize that you can't own your partner's sexuality. And whether it's in porn or just because he has eyeballs, you have to acknowledge that we're going to be attracted to other things in the world. And Oof. no matter how much we love you or attracted to you, right. we have a right to be oriented towards other things in the world. Two you don't have ownership even in marriage or monogamy over your partner's solo sexuality. And so he has a right with his solo sexuality to engage in it in any way he wants. So if he wants to masturbate to porn, Absolutely. she should not have a say over Absolutely. That. So I'd want him to set that boundary. And number three, I'd want her to work on her sex phobia and I'd want her to get more comfortable acknowledging porn exists and sexuality exists beyond that. And I'd want her at some point to maybe get comfortable finding some feminist centric porn wow. and being comfortable with that. And number five, I'd want them both to grow by trying to take on more of their partner's sexuality. I want him to learn how to slow it down and be more present and embodied. And I'd want her to learn how to accommodate him and what he's seeking. So this is all I was thinking about while you were lecturing. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, because I oh, was wow. like, holy fuck, if only they could hear this lecture. Because Well, you, they can hear this podcast. They can hear this podcast now. <laughs> Send them a link. Because a lot of your lecture was about, or at least a part of it, was about adding stimulation versus adding subtlety. Yes. And so this is exactly what we're talking about here is it do you want to add 
porn or a sex toy or something to heighten the stimulation right. or do you want to get very sensitive and subtle into the other person's needs and and, and body movements and breath and stuff like that and and you were making some points about that mm-hmm. i think also what you're saying is if you can add these extra stuff you will not get bored right if you don't yes. add those sexual stuff that partner is not feeling that's not getting their needs met may go out and find it other places even though they love that person totally and and, and that's why i think like the contract of monogamy and exclusivity should have to acknowledge i'm not going to try to limit you i'm going to try to help your life be expansive and whole totality and mm-hmm. not limited because so i should say to my boyfriend yes you can have sex with manny patinkin which i have <laughs> But do you want to be there for that? Does he film it or, or it just can occur I on its own? I didn't think of that. Yes, I need to be there and yeah, I need I to mean, have him sing while they're having sex. See? Ask for your needs. <laughs> Support you in asking for your needs. <laughs> I still got to sit with that one though, Manny Patangan. I mean, here's the deal. I have questions. He is one of, he's one of four brothers and the brothers, all they do is make fun of each other, calling each other gay. That's just right. like the thing to do. At least, you know, growing up, this that was like a thing that brothers like, call each other gay and, and it's like the worst thing you could say to each other so well, i mean when do you when do you know if you should be, say you want to be in a monogamous relationship when do you know okay i'm going to work it out with my partner versus i'm going to this is an incompatibility i'm going to need to find sexual gratification elsewhere and i uh, asked if they had seen a sex therapist and they had not were they willing to? They said they were seeing a life coach. That's so. different. A that's life coach is not different. a sex therapist. Yeah, and that's. I'm glad you're bringing that up. I mean, again, I support um, non-professionals doing important work. Like life coaching is great. I work with some clients that see a life coach and see me. It's phenomenal. It's a different way of working. But yeah, someone who's not trained specifically in sex or sexology or whatnot, it's going to be very different working with someone who is than someone who's not. And someone like them, I think, should be. Mm. But um, so I guess I'm one of those people where I say you should have sex sooner than later. Too many people delay sex thinking that if we're attracted enough or I love you enough or whatever, that it's just going to work itself out. Compatibility will be there. That's not true. And so whether you start, you get to choose which level of intimacy you explore compatibility around first. I don't care which one, but you have to go through them all. And if you don't have sexual compatibility, you should not be monogamous, period. So That's you believe in having sex on the first date? Absolutely. So it won't, it won't go... <laughs> I, yeah. Wait, All my long-term relationships have begun that way. And it's through that that we learned a lot about each other and progressed and many years go by and we're living together and we're happy. He said, you wrote, you said this during your speech and I, I immediately <laughs> frantically put it in my phone. I go, I love this. He just said, you, it's, it's better to get to know someone sexually first than a coffee date. It's in both my books. See, I just... Okay, I agree with you because yes. I've... Definitely done that on any occasion. But the thing I don't, and I always think, and I always tell Cam the story, and I've told this a thousand times on the podcast, you don't want to go buy a car yeah. without trying out a few models first, okay? It'd be a nightmare. But on the other hand, sometimes building that tension mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. excitement, you know, to, you can't go back to fucking, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't go back to kissing mm-hmm. only when you're, you know, already had sex. It's just hard to do that. And Thoughts? I, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it is kind of fun to just to start the, the, all the teasing stuff first for a few dates at least until, I'm not saying that it, it's my thought. I'm just saying it's possible yeah. that there's two sides. Yeah, to I don't disagree. So what where I was coming from towards, you know, I asked this at the end of the lecture because as our listeners know and as you've learned, I'm way more uh, like less sexual adventurous. Like, what is that about? I don't know. I was going to ask you what that's about. I... I, I, I'm nervous about... Are you dating? I am dating, but I get... Here's what I get nervous about. I get nervous about being on a different page 
than my partner mm-hmm. in emotionally. Mm-hmm. So if this if we're having sex, does this mean to them that this is going to be a fucking marriage now, or <laughs> is this just a fun night? Mom, we had sex last night. Are we married? <laughs> well, it's a good question because what I'm hearing that is you have empathy and care and concern for the, how you're impacting this other person. That's beautiful. But I want to live in a culture where we all understand that sex or a date or a fifth date and all that isn't a promise of anything, right? Until right. we sit down and discuss. And that. girls have big girl pants and they yes, can handle it if you break up. Totally. Yeah. It's just that is a hard question. Okay, so that's one. Number two. We've had someone on the show, Tayomi, the Glamazon, who was talking about soul ties. She's mm-hmm. very sex positive and mm-hmm. pro, pro-sex. Mm-hmm. But she's like, when you have sex with someone, you are exchanging DNA. You are, you, it is a, you are connecting your souls. Mm-hmm. That kind of freaks me out to, to do that with someone. But that's a very dramatized understanding <laughs> of sex. Like, I, I agree with that some of it and some of it like, no. I mean, I, you are impacting another person when you have any interaction with them. So if I go into Starbucks and I get coffee, how I interact with the barista is changing them. They're either walking away from having waited on me thinking, yeah, people are nice in the world or people are horrible like I thought all morning. So like we are impacting people, right? <laughs> like we're making them feel better in the world, feeling safer about sex. You know, girls that date you or have sex with you are probably like, yeah, there are good guys in the world. So like you're impacting them. But a soul connection, uh, no. I mean, you can have anonymous one night hookup sex that's powerful and intimate and connected and quote unquote relational because it's another person and you can walk away nourished and better for it but I don't think that that means you owe them something or you need mm. to continue that connection and maybe you had a beautiful soul connection for 35 minutes awesome you walk away from that better for it but that doesn't mean you owe them more mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I feel like that soul word is an implication that like you owe them more and should be mm. careful I don't agree with that uh, I, th- I think it more like an, on a spiritual level where it gets a little, I mean, this gets a little out there sure. esoteric. That how much your life force or something to. No, no, But is no, it, that's a, is it implying that there's a depletion? Oh. No, or what's I, the... I don't agree with that. Okay. okay. So I, mine is me, is really just like, like an invisible tie I have with someone. Beautiful. I don't know. If I, want I want as many that... as I can with people. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I'm I, right? like I, I want, I want a lot of people close to me in many different ways. I want cl- close friends. I want close casual sex partners. I want close relational partners. I want to fall in love and be committed on that level. I want a lot of relationality. And so I hope I have a soul tie with everyone I come in contact with, whether we're sexual or not. Mm. You know, like I'm connecting with the two of you. I think you're both awesome. Mm. I'd love to help Aww. you guys figure out your career and any questions I can answer. So like, I like relationships but I don't feel like I yeah I don't think it's a misuse you are you are more trusting than I, than I am I think I, I and he's less anxious obviously yes okay so the <laughs> but third, it's practice I put my time in yeah <laughs> right the third the dating and the sex yeah we're gonna take a quick moment to thank our sponsor uber lube mother why do you love uber lube I've tried them all kid and I gotta tell you Uber Lube is the way to go. First of all, let's talk about the packaging. It's in a beautiful glass bottle. They have two different types. One is like this, you know, nightstand type, which I use. And the other is a travel one. Yeah. If you guys were at all wondering whether my mother is bashful with her nightstand, it's amazing what is left out there. Yeah, but Uber Lube is... Uber Lube is a crown jewel on your nightstand. Yes. My friends all love it too. So you can use it for sex, but you can also use it for sport. Your hair... I, I actually would use this, I put this in my butt to prevent me from okay, chafing that's TMI. while I run. Okay. Also nipples, by the way. Anyway, but I got to tell you something else it's great for. What? Removing your makeup. Which is also useful for me. What? 
I, I wear my makeup sometimes. This <laughs> is very course. good for removing my makeup. Of course. But anyway, the bottom it's line is... It's the best is, lube for sex for sure. That's it's, the main It's long-lasting. It's scentless. And it doesn't affect your pH balance negatively. I highly recommend going to uberlube.com and entering promo code MOM for free shipping. Uberlube. U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com. <laughs> the third is a big, big issue okay. for me. And this is... I get terrified of getting STDs or pregnancy. Okay. <clears throat> I'm glad you called it out. I would say a couple of things. Number one, um, you do realize that the bulk of STDs are handled by a shot in the butt and a pill and you get back to life. Yes. And I talk about this all the time where, you know, we're so afraid of any viral or bacterial thing that comes from sex, but not from other otherwise. Like, I know I always do that. I'm such a table slapper. Um <laughs> If you know, you should be more worried about the doorknob in your building because oh, you could wow. be on your couch pooping your pants with snot coming out of your nose for ten <laughs> days over that. But if you get gonorrhea or chlamydia, you go, you get a pill, a shot in the butt, and two days later you can be having sex again. In the it's ones, not that deep. No, no, the no. The ones no. that that last forever. He's that, talking about herpes. Okay, no, well, not just here, okay, but let's talk about herpes or HPV or herpes simplex one. Eighty percent of us have it. Right, we're talking. We're talking herpes two. Most of us have come in contact with it and either have it dormant or we haven't become infected with it. You have encountered it if you've had sex in the world. Oh wow! Most STD testing doesn't test for herpes because it's assumed that you've come in contact. Yeah, and the tests aren't even that great. You can't live in, afraid of that. I work with people that are positive for herpes one and two, and they go on to leave amazing lives. And most of them, it's not active. And when it is active, they deal with that. I mean, that's just part of being out in the world. So, I think what he's saying though is. If he, he's borderline on having sex with someone and he finds out they they do have herpes too, yes. he doesn't want to take that risk. Why yeah. would he? But yeah. you but you are because most people don't know and aren't getting tested for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that is part of being out in the world. And if it, what if someone tells you, hey, I do have herpes. Mm-hmm. If someone were to tell you that, would you be like, okay, that's fine? Are you... Um, if I was, if I was uh, dating someone and... Uh, they told me that they were aware of the fact that they have herpes, which again is rare because mm-hmm. it's something that most people aren't aware of that they have or been uh, tested. That's not, not so necessarily true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Herpes <laughs> too? Yeah, absolutely. Most, most, most people, when they get an STD test, they do not test for herpes. They test for the big four and that's left right. out. And a lot of people that have herpes simplex too, it's they had inactive. Outbreaks, but they've had but the bulk of them don't. And so most people, if you have sex partners, will come in contact with someone who has it and doesn't know it because there's no outbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have to have sex differently. You do have mm-hmm. to think about that. But you know, it's, I, I don't know how to answer it other than... So what would you do? What would I do? Um, Assuming that you don't have herpes too. For sure. I would, I would take all the precautions I can, but you would have to knowingly step into that with the awareness that it's possible that you become positive as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's in there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. but what are your options? That's really interesting. Okay. Here's something. Mm-hmm. And I think this one I don't talk a lot about. And it might be the final block for me. There's a lot. I, was, I know this <laughs> is why I'm not having it's sex. Just, it's, right? an it's, it's, it's an onion. onion. It's an onion. It's just a ton. It just keeps pulling the layers off a of cam. It is hard for me to express sexual desire for someone. And, you know, I, I guess perhaps it's an unconscious uh, fear of rejection. Or it's just maybe there's not a lot of people I actually do want to have sex with. So when you say express sexual desire, you mean it's rare that I'm attracted to someone sexually? Is that what you mean? Or no, you'll have that, but you don't. When you say express, what do you mean? Uh, like say I'm, uh, I'm turned on by you? Yes. So to tell someone that would be terrifying. But terrifying. you, but you experience if, it in your body? It's just about the communication of it? It kind of depends. 
it, it's probably not as strong. Like it seems like you have this, you have an urge, right? Why am I looking at you a certain way? <laughs> I have urges. I you think have he urges. just wants to have us all do a threesome right now. And I, I think because I'm so, I'm so not sexually active mm-hmm. that it, it kind of, it doesn't yeah. even register there, there's two rules when I've I learned. see. The more sex you have, the more sex you have. The more sex you have, the more your sexuality tends to be activated, stay active. I think you're right yes. about that. Even if it's I masturbating, agree. I think totally. it's true. Yeah. I agree. And so that's one of the things I'll say. Like if people want more sexuality, I tell them you have to have more sexuality, masturbate more, have sex. But you also could be someone, you know, in the true spectrum of sexuality, there's sexual and there's asexual. And we all are somewhere on that spectrum. You mm-hmm. might lean more asexual. Mm. You might not have a truly powerful, consistent sex drive. You might mm. not be fully asexual, but you might be closer to that angle. Yeah. I found that if I find someone that I trust that I'm in a relationship with, my mm. sex drive is like through the roof. But you're also having more sex. And I'm having more sex. Yeah. Right. But if I go like long periods of time, then I'm kind of like, okay, I can do without this. And so when I encounter people on the street, I'm not thinking of them necessarily sexual beings or someone that I can be having sex with. Mm. I'm thinking of like... But there's nothing wrong with that. Be more confident, I think, in where you're at. That's what I'd say. You're normal. Yeah. Don't panic. There, there's no like, I wouldn't, there's no right level of sexual interest or activity to have. Even with ah. normal relationships like myself yeah. and, and Dee's, my boyfriend. There's times that we like want to have sex all the time. There's times we don't want to have sex for two weeks. I mean, yeah. It just I, really depends. I think yeah. the panic comes in thinking like, oh, I'm 29. Like this is, I'm in a. Yeah, this that. is a great time of my life. I should be fucking making the most of this. Tell no. Him, tell him about the the old man that you met in Spain. The old man that I met in Spain was basically was like he was like I, I think I asked him for old. one like tip um, through all the all of his time living, and he goes. Use your penis before it falls off. Uh, <laughs> he's not wrong. See, I mean, he fucked with Cam's head. Yeah, one of the things I remind you people is you fucked with my head. <laughs> you remind me of that story all the goddamn time. <laughs> yeah, it's right and wrong. It, it's 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 right in that biologically, uh, for men, penis owners. Every decade of life, you're adding another 10% chance that you're going to encounter erectile issues. Oy, do not it. tell him that. But, <laughs> but, 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 and your mom will agree with oh, this part. Man. But in terms of like sexuality, what I hope is as we age, we have more body confidence, more sexual confidence. Our sex life can be better because mm. of those things. We're more aware of who we are and what we want. We can ask for things. So your biology might not be keeping up, but here's the thing. If a good sex partner, you don't need your penis. You have fingers. You have mm. a tongue. You can use toys. Like Those are good sex partners where they're not obsessed with erections and penetration and can just be more fluid so don't panic a lot of women also not every woman wants penetration and most women don't orgasm from penetrative sex and Mm. so you're going to be a good partner to understand other things hear that yeah a lot of a lot of women do not get that i think they have something wrong with them they're not having orgasms uh through penetrative sex and i'm like bring in the dildos exactly bring in a vibrator exactly well, I mean, so a we lot of men are very, I'm not, I men who are like, if my girl has to use a vibrator, there's something wrong with me. I'm not pleasing her. And it has nothing to do with the No, guy. but that's that toxic masculinity we have to get away from where, mm-hmm. you know, if a guy's using a sex toy on a girl, it's it's part of you. It's in your hand. You're using it on her. You're you're in the experience. And, or she's and using it. Who it. gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, and get over it. It's just. Same with same with using porn or same with dressing up right. or same with using uh, blindfolds or handcuffs or whatever you need to do to get yourself up. Who cares? So... I, this is a, this is great going hashing through all the I yeah. feel like I'm getting a therapy Cam, session. I'm send an invoice. Yeah, Thank really, you. I know. Cam. Seriously. <laughs> so, I, one thing that I I know for for certain for me and I'm sure is for some of our listeners. We have a listener question actually related to this. Is that I'm very career focused. Mm. That like 
puts my career and my work, this podcast, t- talking about sex over actually having sex a lot of the times. Mm. Like, I know if I stay out late, like last night I was invited to a party that started at 11. If I fucking stayed out, it went to a party that starts at 11, stayed out till 1 or 2, I'm going to be shot for this interview. Right. And that would fucking blow. Right. So this is me not having sex. So it, there's it, times in your life. usually goes until like 4 in the morning. But there's times there's times in your life you should enjoy yourself. Yes, well, I want to hear. Dr. I'm hearing Chris a lot of excuses. There I mean, are that's a what lot I'm of saying. excuses. Yeah, that, like, but these are all things that go through my mind. For sure, it, you you've really built up a big wall that blocks you from sex and relationality. Yes, and I, I like you gave me all those reasons, and they're they're honest, and I believe that they're valid. But I also have to believe that they're good reasons, and that there might be something else, and you're finding oh, these good wow. reasons to help protect you because all that makes sense. Oh, but there's something wow. bigger than that because you keep. Throwing Throwing up a wall, and every time you list the all the all the pieces, you add like another, and then there's like yet another. Well, it keeps, it keeps yeah, it keeps triggering. But, yeah, you know, I work a lot. I have a clinical practice every day. I do a nightly radio show. I also have a podcast. I do lectures around the country. My new book's coming out. I'm going on a book tour. I write a weekly sex and relationship column. I'm about to do a web series. I have a TV show in development. Jesus I still have sex Christ. and go on dates. I was gonna say you still have sex. <laughs> I still have sex and go on dates. It still happens somehow. I don't know when these days. I still go to the gym somehow. You have too. energy out the wazoo though. I do. Right. <laughs> Like you, you can feel it coming off. But also, you know? Kim, you're the type that like feels like if you're not doing something productive, you shouldn't like you. You don't believe in like Netflix and chill. You just believe I, in. It's not that I don't believe in it, but it's hard for me to actually do it. So you're you struggle to do leisure and pleasure. Yes, and sex is and that. Sex, sex is yes. not leisure and pleasure. And when yeah. I go on silent retreats, I'm just totally fucking zen out. Wait, wait, wait. wait. He, so talk to me about this. You go on silent retreats, and yes. he loves to he kind gets of relax, so horny to, when he does. And I get horny. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, this is wait. I gotta sit with all this. Okay, (laughs) okay. I don't want to turn this into a therapy session on Cam. I would love it if it is because. Yeah, Cam. What the fuck? I know this. this What do you do with the horniness on your silent retreat? I I sit with it. There's not much you can do on the silent retreat. He goes, he goes behind a bush, whacks off real quickly, and then he comes back. It's that's fascinating. Wait, do you masturbate when you're on a silent retreat? No. Do they advise against it? Is that a personal rule? Uh, <laughs> roommates there's not much space or time or interest actually when you get back from the silent retreat you'd masturbate then probably yeah what do you think I don't have a thousand thoughts um so okay so again it's very possible that you and again these are new words and new concepts and so we're still playing with them figuring them out and again I do write about this in my new book Rebel Love but <laughs> you might skew more solo sexual you might skew more asexual like you're just talking a lot of attributes even though again I think that there's some block I do think that authentically you might skew a little more asexual or solo sexual because mm. everything you're telling me is skewed away from people even though you said you do have a high sex drive when with a partner but I'm also wondering if you're the right person to be going on silent retreats what? Oh, interesting. I don't think you're it's a bad thing. Here. Don't do but I think that. you're learning. I think you're organizing your brain still around downtime as productivity. I don't know. I would have a whole treatment plan for you. Oh, wow. Well, we, oh, great. Yeah. I think and I need to talk about start it. Oh, great. You. You, don't, you don't understand. Now it's like I'm going to get calls at two in the morning. I was thinking of what that damn Dr. Chris said. <laughs> I don't I think I should. It. I think I should cancel the goddamn silent retreat. I'm going to start. <laughs> but I would definitely say masturbate more. Make it a priority to masturbate more as a way to just try to keep your sexuality. See, now Cam, he's, he's prescribing it as a I doctor, am. so yeah, you have no. to do it. And by the way, throw this into the mix. When I'm with partner, I often prematurely ejaculate. Okay. That doesn't shock me though. No, why, no, he why, wants help I, with this. No, no, no. I don't want to. So yes, first you do. of all, this might have changed over time, and I think it has. Okay. Um, however, ca- I do want to. I didn't. do want to know if you think that it is connected to my whole perceived 
how I perceive sex yes. in general. In theory, loose working theory, diagnosing from afar, it is possible that before you're even connecting, getting intimate, engaging, having to encounter all these anxieties in this big wall that you're ejaculating, getting it done, moving on, and just not really being present in the moment. Yeah, could be a protective mechanism. Or you just have a really hypersensitive arousal system. I'm going so door quickly. number two. Okay. It yeah. is, I'm hypersensitive. But that's that's beautiful. Like, and again, we shouldn't shame that. I wouldn't, no. there's not a problem in that. Like, great. Just you know, use do it, it again you, right yeah, away. Yeah, exactly. Use your second erection. Like, a lot of guys aren't comfortable with the idea of a second erection. Like, it's going to take some time maybe. Or yeah. don't use your erection. Like, you know, whoever your partner is, you've come, great, high five. Now you use your fingers. You use toys. You use your tongue. If yeah. your penis gets hard, use it. If it goes soft again, don't use it. Go back. Like, sex this, doesn't stop. This has been the the solution for my problems. Okay. Are yeah. your partners supportive of that or do they panic? No, it's it's mainly my own shame yeah. related to it just because I've heard oh, premature ejaculation is so embarrassing. No. Like, oh, like, no. Oh, it breaks my heart when I get that stuff. Yeah. Especially People, when you can get it up again right away. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Erectile issues aren't usually actual issues. It's more erectile shame. Mm-hmm. They come and go. What do you do for the men that have written into us about... Uh, they, the opposite, that they just can't get hard over time. And the more that that happens, the more they get, you know. Oh, they, it's heartbreaking. Because yeah. part of it is, you know, you want to make sure you're, you're having sex with partners that are mature enough and sophisticated enough to not shame you. And right. so if your partner's shaming you, please stop no, having sex with it, them. No, but even if it's like but one night stand. that, I would say a couple things. Like number one, make sure you're having sex that you want to have. I believe it or not, work with some guys where when we really do the deep work, they realize I'm not having sex that's even turning me on enough. And that's mm. part of it. It's not my body. It's that this no, is No, no, no. I, I think like that can be in The there. people that I'm referring to have said that they it just has become now a pattern that they're sure. that psychologically they didn't get hard the one time so now yeah. they're scared every time that they're not going to get hard it's all psychological in their head totally because um, I mean, they can get hard masturbating so obviously it has to do with something with the yeah person. and that's a long-term therapy issue because there's so much Is work in that and so much unpack. Uh, no, because again, the, the thing with the things like Viagra is you're, you're forcing your body to engage in a process that's not comfortable or willing or open or interested in doing, and you're bypassing doing the psychological work because mm-hmm. there's something happening and you're saying, I'm going to ignore that and just do a shot of alcohol yeah. or do a Viagra and I'm just going to ignore what my body's telling me, what my psychology's telling me. I'm not going to unpack all this and you're missing out on so the growth. That, and these men reinforces need, the fear. Yeah, I only yeah, got yeah. hard because of the yeah. pill. I better keep yeah. taking that pill. Right. Mm-hmm. Or the person who's saying, um, if they take the pill and they do get hard and they're able to have the normal uh what are, normal in the sense of they'll be able to maintain yeah. the erection then next time they can start weaning themselves off the pill uh, good luck i mean a lot of guys i work with they get anxious about being off the pill and is it going to work this time mm. will it not they take some of the pill how much i take this time i mean yeah. I, that's why i keep my clients off of it i'm we like we're going to learn how to work to with shit. what you have yeah. what did yeah. you say we got to listen to this shit because we are often asked about this mm-hmm. yeah and we often say Maybe just have the pill on hand, but I guess it's not a great idea. No. In, in the way I work, I, I have them not. I want them to learn to work with where their bodies. What at do you tell these people that if the, if someone came into your practice and he's like, "Listen, I, every time I'm with a new person, I get so nervous that I can't get hard." Yeah. What do you do? My 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 quick off the cuff answer would be. Um, you have to work on instilling confidence in sex without it. And so I'd say to them, you don't have sex with your penis then. When your penis isn't yeah. hard, you don't have sex with it. So you, and you get have to, to have know sex the with, person you, then. Totally. Or you have oh, sex wow. in other ways. And if you get hard, incorporate that in. And if you don't, don't. But yeah. Okay, listener question. Thank you for that. That yes. I think that's a pretty common question. Totally. That is something we get all the time. So this person uh, said she has been, uh, she just got married two months ago. She's been in a rut for over a year where she has not been wanting sex. Or feeling turned on. Uh, she wants this sexual relationship to work. What does she do? We kind of discussed this with you. Yeah. Hmm. 
is there, but are there particular a thousand things like, you know, I'd have to get a little bit of a sexual history from her. Cause I don't know had it been there. Is it depending on the partner they're with what's going on with their current? Cause sometimes it could be like a, your current partner isn't safe to be having sex with. Maybe he's abusive, verbally abusive. Mm. I don't know. Two, maybe you're not wanting to acknowledge that you're not sexually turned on by or attracted to them. You just really love them. They're a great guy. Three, maybe the sex is boring Four, maybe you're skewing more asexual and like that's coming out of the woodwork. Now people are realizing mm. like, I just am not a sexual being. So there's so many things that could be in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I just remember when I was initially married, we had a ton of sex. And then you start having, like, after a couple of years or whatever, it's it's not as exciting anymore. It's the same person, you know? And it's more of an obligation. Than it's, and then it's, you bring kids into the picture, you never want to have sex. See, it's Cam, like, see what you did? <laughs> That's all my fault. Kids <laughs> fucked me yeah. up Cam. big time with the sex life. Cam. But, I mean, at the, those days, like, women... If you're going to masturbate, you do it in private. You don't even do it in front of your husband. It was like definitely a different day then. So I don't know. It's uh, about just, it's about diversifying. I mean, look, I'm not. This isn't a statement pro or against monogamy, but inherently monogamy is a quieting down, watering down of a sex life because you're limited by your partner, and there's nothing new or novel about this person you've been with for that many years, who you also have to fight with about laundry. And so I work with some couples. Um, in all age brackets that are coming and saying, let's talk about open relationships, non-monogamy, or we want to stay monogamous, but what are ways we can diversify and add novelty to what we're doing? Bring in the porn. Yeah, for sure. So, But in that particular case, it could just be that she doesn't feel sexual. Maybe she gained weight. Maybe she needs to wear a sexy lingerie underneath her clothing. Maybe she's not attracted to her partner anymore. Maybe he's not a nice guy and she shouldn't be wanting to have sex with him. I mean, there's so much Maybe she should read erotica. Yeah. So when you said this was one, you you said at the beginning this is mm-hmm. one of the two yep. biggest things that people come in for. Yep. Couples, it's probably the number one couples thing. One person wants to have sex more than the other. Correct. And, and what and what if they do not want to open their relationship up, for, or one person doesn't? This is want where it. I say to them, part of the work is going to be mourning the loss of the sex life you thought you're going to have, or having this really dynamic sex life. Because to be with this person in monogamous relationship means it's going to be a little watered down. Okay, like I always said, I'd never be. A, I mean, never even if you, I was with Brad Pitt or George Clooney, I probably still sure wouldn't be like. I eventually I get bored. Unless it's, it was Mandy Patinkin. That's a <laughs> no, that's not me. That's my boyfriend. I know. Just saying. Just saying. We all share that fantasy. No, but we the, do not. But, that, but the mourning the loss is a huge thing for people. I say that yeah. sometimes. I've even worked with couples where they come in together and, and I, I always use this one example because there's two women I've worked with and they both said to me, I can't imagine going another one year, three years or five years in my marriage and not having my husband grab me, smack my ass and say like, you're so hot, I'm going to fuck you. And then I look over at the husband and there sits a loving guy, but you're looking at him going, he does not have that in him oh, and he never wow. will. That's not who he is. And their relationship to stay together in that way is about mourning the loss of this radical dominant sex partner you never had and mm-hmm. never will. And that's oh, why I say to them, did you ever have that? Well, no. It's so like, okay, well, you know who you committed to monogamously. You know what? I got shivers. You're absolutely right. Even with me and my boyfriend, I remember him like saying something the first night we met and I was like, that's scary. You know, but that's who he, he told me who he was. Yes. You know, listen, they're telling you from the door who we are sexually. Right. Don't think that's going to shift. Wow. And so that's why I say to people, like, don't make commitments until you've had sex and explore that. You can wait as long as you want, but don't make commitments. Don't mm-hmm. buy a house, get married, be monogamous, so be exclusive, stupid. all these things, because it's it's its own track of compatibility and chemistry. And if you're going to be you monogamous, have to go with, explore You have to go with that river, though. I mean, totally. it may change. Totally. Yeah. One person may want to open the door. One person may not want that's to right. open the door. One person may want to start use, using porn and one person right. may not. And then you got to be able to have another contract. And it's, and it, it, it's hard because as you know, I'm out there dating, I'm dating and 
it's it's a difficult moment of a me trying to be confident and authentic enough sexually where they can really assess compatibility with me so i try to bring it from the door but i don't like you know dump it on them on the date like let me list all the things i'm into Mm -hmm. but i try to bring it in early on so we can really assess compatibility because people go on a date and they usually think my goal on the date is to make sure you like me so i'm going to (laughs) present in the way i need to say and i'm like that is the worst model of dating show up authentically and if it doesn't go well that's a sign of success Mm. we assess compatibility it wasn't there good to know yes what what you said during the lecture you were like it's not to be liked. Oh, you shouldn't go on a date to be liked. Date to be known, not to be liked. Yes. Yeah. Date to be known. I agree. It's phenomenal. I think if someone doesn't want me, then fuck them. And yeah, like and you want to know. I would like know. to know no that. False that representation. And I am confident enough to say if they don't want me, there's something wrong with them. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. You agree You're with lost, it. buddy. Yeah. I mean, seriously. But it's important. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. We, we talked and we're coming towards the end. Okay. So How could that be? I know it's gone so fast. I didn't even ask about penis size. God damn we'll it. We got there. We have time. Uh, we got time. <laughs> so why is sex so important? You've created, you know, your whole life. Mm. This touches on all, your whole life. So what is so important about sex that we need to be thinking about Good this? Good question, Cam. To me or to the world? You mean like in general? To, to I would love to hear about to mm. you and then mm. maybe to the world. Uh, my answer for me is, so I, you know, did my master's in mental health. I did a doctoral program in clinical psychology. And when I was doing all that training, I saw that we always avoided sex and we didn't uh, acknowledge sex as a really powerful entry point to understand someone relationally and psychologically. And I thought, Mm. that's what a missing thing. And then I went on to study human sexuality and sexology. And that's where we did kind of focus on that. So for me as a clinician, from that perspective, I can learn everything about someone by exploring their sexuality, your body esteem, your self-esteem, your communication skills, Mm. trauma, boundaries. It's all in there. And so I love that entry point. It's so powerful. And then culturally, it's a way to get to know. It's really just a way to relate to someone. And like your mom said, if you listen, people are showing you all of these things. And so when you're having sex with someone, uh, that's why I love sex sooner than later is you can explore all of that. None of that comes up at coffee. Mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. say like if the guy is a bad kisser, I'm speaking from a woman's perspective, yeah. it shows a lot. It won't or if, if you're having sex with someone and they're very selfish, that show, that shows that's going to show you a lot about their life. Yes. How it's going to be in life. Totally. No, but that, I, that you're nailing it. That's my I've whole. Had, I've had sex with this guy. It was, uh, again, it was like a quick one night or whatever when I was single. And doesn't do anything he doesn't try to at all to excite me and i'm thinking okay you know he just came quickly and all right the second time around he'll definitely no he just puts on porn gets hard again does the same thing again yeah i'm like are you fucking kidding me that was the last date you're gonna be on with me buddy i'm a person i'm over here (laughs) i did are you gonna be selfish in every other domain as well and i agree with you it's it's a part of thing and that's why i try to remind guys like remember that Everything you're doing during sex and after sex is a communication of how empathetic I am, how caring I am, how relational I am. And so I also say like post-orgasm is a powerful communicative moment. And I say to guys, use it wisely. Don't fall asleep. If you fall asleep or get up and go, whatever you do, you're communicating how much closeness you can tolerate, how much intimacy you want. All of that is in there. It's a powerful moment to like continue sexuality. Maybe, you know, not necessarily with our bodies or anatomy, but there's still room for more intimacy in that moment and check in on your partner. But it is kind of hard, I think, especially for men, because there is so much like accident. Oxycodone released and yeah. you're tired. Cool. You want to go to sleep? Did I say it wrong? I always do. I literally know what doing. I get everything wrong when it comes uh, to pronunciation. But get, you get the idea of what I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah, for sure. So okay, hang in there, guys. Yeah, Wait, I, wake I, the fuck up. Yeah. Drink some wake coffee up. for sure. That is hilarious. It was the worst. Like I had guys that like turned over, started snoring. I'm like, get out of my room. I just I just had sex a couple days ago with someone, and I literally was like, hi. Hi, someone else is here. Like yeah. the whole time I felt oh, like wow. they didn't acknowledge that there's another human being in the room and my needs were totally left unattended to. And I was like, that was horrible. 
Did you like, tell how that person? Selfish. No, we're never going to see each other again. But, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. But isn't that great that you have that yes. piece of information? Totally. I want people to be more sensitive to that stuff. Yep. So, oh, I, there was another thing I wanted to talk to you about, about mm. how you felt like everything is like a sexual, you're constantly carrying your sexuality around with you. Yes. Do we have a quick second to chat do. about this? We do. So my whole spiel is I'm always reminding people that like we talk about sex as though it's something that happens just with our anatomy or at home or with another person. I say to people, our sexuality is always operating on us. It's what I wore today. It's how close I'm sitting to both of you. It's how I'm maintaining eye contact or not with you. Mm. It's how I'm speaking. It's it's how close I'm standing to someone in line at the coffee shop. Like our sexuality is always operating on us. It's not something we can turn off. It is kind of like our relationality. Yes. It, combined it, completely. Wow. And we try to separate them out, but it's all interconnected. I fucking love that. I was talking to someone today, a friend of mine, um, and she was saying she's over 60. She's like, her, her husband really appreciates that she's always dressing sexy. And so many women after the age of like 50 or 60 don't think that they need to be sexy anymore. They just don't dress like that anymore. And they dress grandma-like. It's heartbreaking. And for me, it's like, I've always dressed like this. I've dressed like this when I was younger. I'm <laughs> Cat ears too. For, is that for just our Halloween? listeners, <laughs> she's wearing cougar ears. It's Halloween. Oh, they're cougar ears. I was like, is this Halloween or is this just how you live? No. <laughs> I always I always wear those. Because in my head, you're, you're at the grocery store wearing those just so you know no. my fantasy i am i am no that. shame at all it's beautiful but i love that what you're saying like your sexuality is ever present and tap into that erotic capital use your sexuality like we do other skills or, or parts of ourselves that we're proud of you, you know, get away with a lot of stuff lead with your sexuality i have like i built a media career based on my sexuality it's not just that i'm smart it's also that i'll wear tight shirts and i have biceps like i utilize that it's okay to access and utilize our sexuality you know what really works well when what? you're trying to rent a car you get in line <laughs> with, with a really cute guy I, I, I get upgraded all the way. See? If I see, see that it's like a dowdy old woman, I'm like, I'm not going to that line. Yeah, you're, nope. getting, yeah, you're getting screwed that way. Nope. How can, can you share your book or anything else you'd like no, to plug? No, we got to talk audience? about penis size. Okay, fine, fine, fine. That's another number one. Yeah. I, have a, I have a video <laughs> where I've interviewed like porn stars or whatever. Six million views about penis size. How Sest. important is it? Why is it so important? And, and what can you do to alleviate some of this yeah. the shame that the micro penis guys have I so this is a big component actually of my newest book Rebel Love where I talk a lot about how uh, body steam and body positivity is deeply tied to penis shaming and, and body policing and how luckily we're in a moment now where we're calling that out but we don't tend to call that around the penis conversation where we will we'll, um, hold people accountable to mocking fatness or talking about stretch marks or cellulite and all these different things but we allow and support people making fun of penis size and I always say that's that's body negativity that's body shaming we don't do this and i mean amber talked a lot about that on air because that was something that came in a lot as well so i think it starts culturally we have to stop mocking penis sizes so it's something that someone's responsible for or has asked for it's no different than height or weight and other characteristics and so culturally we have to stop making an acceptable joke to make um but for guys it's really hard to be confident in a culture that says that that's not acceptable i want porn to have more diverse bodies um, I also want them to show porn that has penises that aren't staying hard because that miseducates that they always get hard and stay hard. So show penises that are coming and going in terms of erection. Um, watch, watch porn that's more diversified, I'd say to guys as well. Stop watching porn that's reinforcing you have to have that kind of penis, hmm. things like that. Well, what about the guys who really legitimately have a very small penis? And I got to tell you something. This one guy, I stopped being a patron of mine because I said something about penis size. He has a micro penis, and he said every he's in his like fifties or sixties, and every woman woman that he's dated has left him because of his small yeah, penis. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, we're so penetratively obsessed. Guys like that have to get comfortable with oral sex and finger play and toy play. And it's not. He's 
comfortable with that. He's Good. done it. But uh, the women that he's with are, uh, are... Women, knock it off. You don't want to be body shamed. Don't body shame guys. It's no different mm. than a guy making fun of your stretch marks. But it's not as body shaming in, it is. in the sense of what about the woman who really wants a guy that has a normal, right? then, no, a five to six inch normal penis. You know, you know, it's hard because I also work with some guys that are averagely sized and they don't feel like the vagina is tight enough. And we could shame women and say, tighten right. your vagina. That never happens. Yeah. And so I, 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 it falls under body shaming and I'd say to women um, if you're one of the one third that needs penetrative sex from orgasm then maybe you got to use a dildo like yeah. it depends on what mm. you want your life to be about I said to some people in an obnoxious way but meaning it seriously like you don't want a penis or a partner it sounds like you want a dildo you want it big you want it hard you want it to stay hard that's not how people work mm. you know what I mean and if you want health and relationality you have to be willing to accommodate human beings which means diversity yeah. that's going to happen so the bottom line with that guy is it's most likely the women he's choosing are just not nice women agreed I have really honestly agree with wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Are you satisfied with that answer? I am. Is, are we okay. ending on that note? No, <laughs> we want to end We want to end on hearing about Rebel Love oh, and anything right. else you'd like to plug. Yeah, no, just I guess Rebel Love uh, book comes out in January. It's available for pre-order and it's just really sex positive, body positive. It talks about rape culture, toxic masculinity. It's one of the few books on sex that isn't gendered and it's trying to move us away from gender norms and really, you know, sex positive, kink positive. And, um, Sounds great. I can't wait to read it. Thank you. And okay. check out my podcast. I do with Amber. It drops every Thursday on Podcast One and then check out my radio so love line which is on radio.com streaming app every night and uh that's it we have one other question for you yes, yes we do oh gosh we end with the same one every time have have you ever walked in on a parent having sex or have they ever walked in on you having sex no to both all right no to all right, both well it's, it's it's okay it's it's quite all right <laughs> you we'll still love you have you been walked in on by your mom no I mean, he you, walked in you on obviously you? know how much sex I'm having yes, and obviously right. how much sex she's having. So, <laughs> Not <Yeah>. obviously. <laughs> I'm just saying he has walked in on me yeah, uh, when he happened. was younger. Yeah. yeah. Well, it hasn't happened recently, thank God, but it, it, it did happen. I don't even remember it, but she claims it did. <laughs> I totally remember it. I blacked it out. Well, Dr. Chris Donahue, yes. thank you so thank much you for guys. coming on the show. This is so thank fun. So I know. You're a rock star. If you want to hear more from Dr. Chris Donahue, go to our Patreon patreon.com slash sex talk with my mom we talk with him for another 10 minutes all about porn anal as a benchmark mom what do you think about that little bonus episode we did oh my god it's so fabulous you do not want to miss it patreon.com slash sex talk with my mom Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.